Welcome to The Old World Lives, a Warhammer Fantasy Battles podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The Old World Lives, on Instagram at The Old World Lives, and you can reach us by email at theoldworldlives at gmail.com. And now, on to the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of The Old World Lives, a Warmer podcast. I'm Chris and I'm welcoming you to the first podcast of 2022, which we're hoping is not just 2020. Two. And with me tonight, I have uh, Nicholas. Hello. Well, I guess it's uh, 2023 this year. Yeah, um, 2020 hasn't, en- hasn't really ended yet, has it? Yeah. Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been basically one year. I can't remember anything that's happened in these last two years. It's just uh, more of the same. Um, well, you, you moved back to Sweden. Yeah. That's a quite a big step. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is true. Uh, really nice to be back. I think we've already discussed that, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, annoying as usual. Winter time brings more COVID, and you have to like scale back all your plans to play Warhammer, or all your plans in general. It seems. Yeah, but the important thing is uh, the Warhammer bit, which is really annoying. Yeah, we'll see. My partner's caught. Uh covid but she's having a mild strain it seems hopefully knock on wood so to speak well let us settle on that but uh yeah it's good that she's vaccinated otherwise she might have been really ill we don't know yeah yeah it seems not that bad nowadays but people come here to escape uh news of covid i think so yeah. let's get on with the the good shit oh so we're not doing the covid lockdown special oh wait no now we're not <laughs> joke aside we're not we're gonna move on and talk about something more interesting like hmm what's your current hobby progress nicholas so i've committed ultimate heresy and i actually bought some tau gross i know um i had this uh it could have been worse yeah it could have been I mean, war machine i don't know deep can or something um or high else gross um but yeah, I had this like thing for Tau for quite a long time. time. Um, since basically Imperial Armor 3, which is a great campaign book. Oh yeah, it is. Um, so I went to this game store, just wanted to buy, buy some black spray, honestly, and some paints. They didn't have black spray, so uh, I had to get something because it was in the town next over. So I bought myself a box of Tau Pathfinders, uh, which I thought would be a nice little project to paint up. Uh, maybe use in a new kill team or something. Um, so I if nothing it. else, it's a good break and painting something else. Yes, which it, actually it was. It was really good because I hadn't painted much in a while. I painted some dark hills actually. I painted two more dark riders, the the command models and a noble on dark steed um, to finish that unit off. Uh, you should you should post those on Instagram if you haven't. Yes, yeah, I should. Got them over there on the other side of my room. Um, but yeah, so I painted those, but then I couldn't really get in the mood to paint some more Dark Hills. But then I bought these Pathfinders, and I was like, oh, it's so cool. I'll assemble them straight away, and I'll start painting them, which is nice. haven't felt that way about some models in a while. Um, so I painted a couple of them, and then um, I was chatting with the guys. So I painted my Australians, like, last fall or something. And I was chatting with some guys, <clears throat> not about playing 40k. But then nothing really happened with that. But then I chatted with those guys again, 
about Tao. And then they were like, well, where are your restaurants? And then I thought, yeah, I guess I should finish the restaurants before I uh, go headlong against after Tao. So yeah. now so now I started painting some restaurants again. And they look pretty pretty cool, actually. It's a nice project you've done there. Yeah. The, the models are really, <laughs> like, really nice to paint. They're, these got so much detail and, like, nice big areas that you can paint just, like, they'll look good. The tower were way harder because they have, they don't have as many details. They're, they're like, big flat surfaces of, like, two areas to paint. So there's a lot, of, like, freer what to do with those areas. So the restaurants are just, they have, like, their armor and their clothes, but then they also have, like, super fancy guns and big mustaches and feathers and shit that just makes everything else look good. Yep. And I also noticed painting the town that uh, might sound really elitist and purist, but it's so much better painting metal and resin than, than painting plastic. It's ha- I haven't painted plastic in a while, and it's such a big difference. Yeah, there's uh, quite a big difference between the different materials, even though you sh- on a, on a, when you look at it, you, you really shouldn't think that there's a difference, but there is. And a metal model is always nicer. That's just how it is. Yeah. It's also weird, like, uh, when you're used to painting metal models for a while, um, just the, the way the different techniques change completely. Like, dry brushing on a plastic model and a metal model is completely different. And if you dry brush a resin model that's been badly cast, you risk removing detail. Yeah. You're too, too, if you're dry brushing too vigorously, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's, it's nice though. Uh, it really got me going painting again. So uh, and I'm having uh, like a a fantasy play date in like two weeks. So I need to paint up some more darkels till then. But now like I got the the hobby mojo going, so should be able to get that done. So nice. what about you, Chris? Well, I ended last year with uh, painting up that uh, little. I'm not sure what I'm going to use it for yet, but uh, the uh, Endless Spell from one of the expansions for Age of Sigmar, which is perfect on a square base, and got a lovely boat made out of skulls with some ghost skulls and a giant skeleton that's way bigger than anything else I've seen in the range. So it's probably not even a skeleton, actual skeleton. It might be just a bone construct of some sort. But uh, with that, I also model- modeled up the... Uh, Vampire, uh, combining the limited edition vampire with uh, Nefrata bits from the uh, mortar kit. And that started off uh, an entire downward spiral into the undead. <laughs> yeah, classic. Just, yeah. just one model. Just one model. It'll be a fun project. And then yeah, there you are. One army later. Yeah, that's uh, kind of how it seems now. I'm uh, working on... I've built an entire regiment of uh, skeleton warriors out of the... Uh, let's see if can can get this correctly now. I think it's the Death Rattle skeletons from Age of Sigmar. <laughs> Is that the... Uh, from uh, Curse City? Uh, well, they share the same look with Curse City, yes. Uh, they These are the separate ones that were released. Speaking of Curse City, did they re-release that yet, or...? It's, uh, I think it's uh, like a 2022 asterisk release on that one. All right. So they will actually release the game. Hopefully. That they were supposed, it was supposed to be like a, a main say thing, right? 
or whatever yeah. you call it. It's supposed to be available. Yeah, it was supposed to be uh, as available as the uh, Blackstone Fortress has been. Yeah. With the limited release uh, expansions. So that's uh, just like, because the, the main box has been re- available almost uh, ongoing since the, it was released, the Black, the Black Fortress one. But the expansions has been uh, removed after they were sold out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They are actually called Death Battle Skeletons. And they're really lovely. They're flimsy. They're ridiculously flimsy. You can look at the model and it breaks. Yeah. I know I've sent some uh, photos in the the podcast group chat. And it's, you just look at, I'm just trying to remove the leg part and uh, just held it a snap. And you have removed two two thirds of the leg part from the sprue. (laughs) And one of the legs are left. Because they are less than a millimeter thick, the legs. And some of the other bones are as uh, flimsy as that. So I'm glad. Yeah. I'm actually glad they're plastic and not metal. If they're what, metal, it would be horrible. What would be the best way to to remove them, though? Like a a teeny tiny saw? I have no idea. I'm just trying to be really careful. What are you using? A clippers or a knife or what? Uh, I've actually had great success with a regular pair of clippers that's got a flat back, so to speak. Right. So, and you really have to fixate the uh, little the part you're clipping so it's not uh, uh, the tension in the model isn't released too fast because then it would snap and uh, yeah i had uh, a fair few of them snap and some weapon weapons have been snapping and uh, it's lovely because they're almost too <laughs> thin to pin <laughs> they can be pinned i have to pin some of them but uh, Thankfully, it's plastic, so you can just use some plastic glue and they just melt right into the piece they're supposed to fit to anyway. Yeah. Other than those, I've also built a unit of uh, Black Knights, and I'm using the regular plastic Black Knight models with bits from the uh, yeah the Death Rattle Skeleton Kit to make them match in the... Because they fit perfectly. They are actually scaled better than the original heads for the Black Knights. <laughs> So yeah, they, they look great. You, you sent some pictures to us, uh, but did, is it just like the torso do you put on there, or I'm actually not even putting on the torso, just the arms and heads. Oh wow! So as I said, they, they scale really well the heads with uh, those kits, and well, I also built a uh, built some bits. There will be photos on this when uh, the on the Instagram when the episode is released because these are my. Uh, build for the monthly challenge anyway the uh, new new year new army kind of deal we did this year as well yeah and i'm so terrible with these challenges uh sometimes i just like paint up loads of stuff uh and sometimes i don't paint at all but whatever the situation is i never paint whatever we're (laughs) like challenging people to do (laughs) yeah but uh, it's fun to have run the challenges, and we are really grateful for those that actually do participate. Yeah, that's Even... like the it's so awesome with the challenges because I don't really engage with them, but people do engage with them, and it's super awesome to see people uh, paint stuff and posting it on Instagram. Yeah, and I know that we've been a bit lax in uh, doing updates and on the podcast, and that will hopefully continue this year. Well, not the, not the lax part, obviously. <laughs> that was a, a bit of a mistake. But not the lax part, but the updates will continue. We will, we will be trying to focus more on them. 
because we're, as we always said, we hope that we might release more episodes this year than we did last year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I don't know, uh, we're getting closer to the uh, like the eventual release of uh, the old world, and so maybe they'll actually start dropping some like bigger updates this year. Ooh, let's hope so. It would be nice to know uh, a bit more of uh, the timeline, and because we we are pretty sure when the timeline is, but what they're actually planning to do with the setting that yeah. that that's that, that kind of timeline. Yeah, who the big baddies gonna be and such things. Yep, it's. I think we all are quite uh, just uh, biding our time at this point, wanting to hear more. It's, yeah, and having a pandemic to contend with when it comes to playing games. I know I mentioned it again. I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> but it is the big dampener on everything, especially here in Sweden at the moment. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're having the, the release of uh, Warhammer Total War soon. Oh, yeah. So, in uh, about uh, three weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, pre booked it um, a couple of weeks ago. And it's uh, like the first game that I've pre-bought in many, many years. Uh, so I'm actually really excited for this. Yeah. I've uh, already done the same. It's been installed on my computer for a while now. Just waiting for that little confirmation code that has been released so I can start playing. Yeah. <laughs> the the football. Someone uh, in, uh, was it Sega doing it? Is it still Sega that does uh, Total War games? It's uh, Creative Assembly, isn't it? Yeah. But they're so, owned by Sega, aren't they? Yeah. So it's just some guy in a suit at Sega with like a, a briefcase handcuffed to his arm, just uh, yeah. waiting for the signal. Yeah. Or that scene in uh, Gladiator when uh, Commodus is just uh, putting his thumbs up and slowly turning it down. <laughs> Which would actually be the saves him. Uh, Anyway, uh, I know that there's been this week, because the embargo has been lifted uh, for the, some YouTube streamers, and there's been quite a lot of videos uh, of uh, Total War Warhammer 3. Oh shit, After. I need to watch that. I think I linked one in the group chat the, the other day, but that, that is uh, quite unnecessary for everyone except us to know, actually. But uh, I know that the Manetru Nerd has been doing, because he's, he's a big fan of uh, the Total War Warhammer series of games and the Total War in general. So he has a, a starter video, which is uh, like 40 minutes uh, of uh, him playing Cathay mm. and uh, explaining what the different units do and uh, the unique faction abilities. And then he did uh, like a four and a half hour live stream. Nice. Of a did he, uh, game. I don't know if Dave announced or if he said this, but like, uh, how does that campaign work now? Do you have like the whole world in campaign? I'm not sure they have been uh, releasing the entire games even for the streamers or their embargoes. I haven't seen the live stream. I've only seen parts of the Cathay stream that he's done so far. Right. But they have uh, done a few, a fair few updates on uh, the campaign system and sieges and everything on uh, both Warhammer community and the uh, Total War blog. Yeah. Speaking no. of Total War, that yeah. was a big big announcement the other day, uh, like four days ago. 
where you could build your own demon prince to bring a personal touch to the end times in Total War Warmer 3. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Reminds me of the uh, like the 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 build your Emperor General thing they had on their website many years ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure there are people that has been born and went into retirement in the between <laughs> that was released and now. But yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Like you can build your own own guy, not just have a, a randomized leader. Yeah, and uh, instead of just making up a character demon, they just uh, given us the tools to make our own, which is really cool. So I'm hoping that they are actually been able to do a few different uh, versions that uh, are equally usable and not just having one build that is the only one that you should go for. Otherwise, they're useless. Yeah. Yeah, well, they must have must be able to take different marks as well, right? You can build a demon prince of Nurgle or something like that, right? What can you tell us about the Legions of Chaos faction that the Demon Prince leads? And that's from Andy Hall says, The Legions of Chaos faction is our interpre- the interpretation of the 8th edition Demon's Army book. Unless, unlike the other demonic factions in the game, the roster can have units from all four rosters and even gain mechanics used by those god-specific factions. So you're pretty much uh, just building an army of Chaos Undivided. So what will be your first playthrough on the, the new game? I'm Probably gonna try out Cathay or Kislev. Yeah. How about you? Well, <laughs> isn't it obvious? Nurgle. It's gonna be a lot of fun finally being able to play Kislev the way they yeah. should be. Not sure. Uh, they'll probably have different sub factions of it though. Not sure which one I would play because my the fourth of my guys is that uh, they're from Erengrad. I might. Uh, Play that if it's a separate faction with that crazy church of uh, Ulrich guy or not yeah. Ulrich person. It would be quite cool, and and if they were able to have uh, mercs as well, given yeah. that it's um, one of the biggest mercenary cities in uh, the old world. Yeah, yeah, but I'm mainly interested in Cathay, given that it's entirely new. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice just to <laughs> just explore it, right? So yeah, and they have a quite a nice uh, the the small things that I actually have seen in uh, live streams that you are pretty much uh, just uh, uh, retaking and reinforcing the Great Wall that's uh, dividing everything, that's dividing yeah. the Cathay from the Chaos Wastes. Yeah, it's very exciting. Oh, painting, uh, painting gold now, bit of a pain. Got this Vallejo, uh, actually it's brass, Vallejo brass. The, I'm guessing it's less of a pain than me trying to sort uh, a cavalry axe out of a halberd for my uh, black uh, knight champion. <laughs> and pretty much looking at it and then it just snaps. So, yeah. This is fun. Yeah, what, you, what, what, uh, what are you using the Vallejo color for? Is it uh, like weapon casings or... Many, many things. Weapon casings, uh, buttons on your jackets, uh, like uh, belt buckles, and uh, a, a lot of detail. It's going to be gold and look like fancy Russian soldiers. Nice. Yeah. So it's nice. It's like uh, Space Kislevites, keeping that Russian theme. Yep. 
they sure do. Uh, some of those models, uh, those Troyan models, are some of the best uh, Games Workshop ever produced. Yeah, but speaking of fantasy models that I need to paint, though, I'm as I said, uh, I'm gonna play some fantasy in two weeks' time. Some guys are coming yep. from from all over the region to play fantasy. So before that, we played 500 points with these uh, relatively new guys that we're playing with, uh, and now we decided to escalate to a thousand points. So uh, for my dark elves, I used to have a unit of the corsairs, a sorceress, five shades, and five dark riders, and that was my 500 point army. So now I am adding another sorceress, two more dark riders, a uh, banner and a musician, and a noble on a dark steed. So that will be like a unit of eight uh, light cavalry. Nice. And uh, I'm also adding a repeater ball thrower and five uh, cold one knights. And that's a thousand points. That sounds uh, like an interesting list. Uh, so you are you doing? You have gone past the uh, like skirmish levels, then and just playing r- regular small sized games, right? Yeah, the regular organization and unisets and stuff. Yeah, it was a bit of a pain when we played uh, the five hundred points uh, combat patrol because I think you're like there was a limit that a single model can only cost one hundred and thirty five or something. So I couldn't upgrade my sorceress to level two because she was like 140, while the other guys could upgrade their sorcerers to level two. Uh, but now I'm gonna have my revenge or my vengeance by having two sorcerers <laughs> at level two. They should just be glad that you're not playing eighth, so you could have a like uh, what are called no the uh, 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 the warlocks the alternate for the new dark dark oh, yeah. Because they got, they are a spellcasting unit. Yeah, we should yeah. just be lucky that we're not playing eight. Period. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Really so what? Uh, what are the other guys playing? We have a dwarf player. And we have uh, uh, at least one imperial player. We might have two this time. And uh, uh, what were the other guys playing? This is. Annoying because they they like they have several factions and I can't remember which one they're bringing. Uh, but one or two Wood Elf players as well. And, oh, uh, fun! Might be a Chaos Dwarf or he might play Beastman. I'm not sure. Yeah, the Wood Elves. I'm gonna have to just uh, throw magic at them till they yeah disappear. They are playing with uh, the army book then, I take it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Last time, at least one of them had loads of dryads as well. We're just gonna if if there's two of them, we're just gonna have to. Have them play each other, just have a little civil war or something. Yeah, but that sounds fun. Yeah, uh, it's a, like a good amount of guys in this small town. I'm glad we got something started. I haven't played like anything with them since before Christmas, but you know. yeah, but holidays and uh, everything. Yeah, it has a, ten- a t- tendency to uh, have you prior- prioritize other things than uh, hanging out and playing games. Sadly. Yeah. Speaking of holidays, so and playing games, I didn't manage to get a game in with Jimmy when I was up to see my family. Ooh. Actually, two games. So we found a scenario from the what's it called? The Crown, uh, the Nemesis Crown. Yeah, That's, the Seventh Ed uh, campaign book from Wake yeah. So we we're playing a game and then saying like, "Oh, let's play a scenario." And then I was just going through this book. This was just laying there, and 
oh, this is a cool scenario, which was like War Council, it's called, uh, where one side starts like in the middle of the board with all of their lords and heroes and a single unit uh, from their elites, uh, and then the enemy trying to attack it, and then the defender's reinforcements come in from like a road uh, in the middle of the board, like either end of it. Um, which was a really cool looking scenario. And then Jimmy asked me what faction he should play, because he has Skaven, uh, Greenskins, and Chaos. So I said, oh, play Skaven, it'll be nice and thematic against dwarves. And uh, his Skaven just annihilated me. It was terrible. It was they ha- like. They tend to do that. His Skavens tend to do that. <laughs> It was like playing a 40k army. It's just so much shooting and magic and just he's just just rolling dice against me and then I was just removing models. So you you're also one of the the ones that has PTSD from uh, Vermintide then. Because that one. The worst thing about Vermintide was that he cast it and then it hit like uh, my iron breakers didn't really matter that much. Uh, he hit something else that didn't matter, but then he hit like my my slayers, my lone slayers. Like the Slayer heroes, and they, since they're like their own unit, they also take like two d six hits. Yep, it's crazy. We had, uh, I know for listeners that have been listening long, uh, uh, both me and uh, Krell has uh, a bit, bit of flashbacks every time someone mentions Skavens and Vermintide to our little three way game in Stockholm way way back when we had basically started the podcast and uh, jimmy had uh, some kind of uh, skitter leaping uh, wizard because we were playing a campaign game at that point so you could tool up your heroes a bit more than just regular points limit and he uh, landed behind the line through vermin tide uh, jumped away through a vermin tide jumped away through a vermin tide and was like having yeah as i said playing a bit 40k with a like a, a librarian with a jump pack and with superpowers <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was pretty devastated from that game. And then we also played another game where he played his Chaos. Uh and we just played like a regular game. We rolled the mission or rolled the deployment and stuff from the rulebook. It was a much more even game. He still won that game, but it felt like we were, we were actually playing and I was just, wasn't just standing there just taking dice and removing models. Yeah, that sounds a bit more fun. And uh, there's a good shout as well to use the campaign books as inspiration, even no matter what what uh, edition they're for. Yeah. They can be adapted to any edition, pretty much. Yeah, there's lots of good missions in the 8th edition rulebook as well. Yeah, they got a lovely like coastal raid scenario, which is quite fun. We have uh, one, uh, one side of the... He's playing uh, an invading force that just have like landing ships. It's also that scenario with the flags, or like where you like you have to break the enemy army by capturing their flags. Yeah. Speaking of uh, campaigns, uh, I was thinking about this when you to- mentioned yours uh, with, that you're going to play in a few weeks. Uh, we are planning to relaunch our intra-podcast league now that everyone's living in Sweden and we hopefully will be able to get some games together. For some reason, we never do, even in good times. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, now you got a driver's license as well. Free to go wherever yeah. you want. Yeah, we need to uh, set up a, a play date somewhere. Yeah. I reckon I, I should just get uh, some of these undead painted and then... Uh, 
should be good to go. But uh, have you thought anything about what you're using for that uh, campaign? Um, I guess uh, I guess Dark Elves, just uh, so that I, ha- I have uh, a goal to paint stuff. Yeah, that's fair enough. And we're going to use the uh, Border Princess campaign rules from the 6th Ed rulebook for anyone that's interested, just as before. And we actually have had some territories rolled up uh, so far. I need to write down what I got. You got the village and the sacred grove. <laughs> and the village is uh, a, a, a village is an additional special unit, and a grove is... Uh, for each sacred grove you control, your army may include one extra rare unit. Can it be a war machine? Or do you have to have like a forest rat? I'm gonna... It doesn't... It just says rare unit. Hmm. I think there's some kind of limit though. Like you can only have one war machine. Yeah, I think so. Because forest. forest says if you control a forest, your army has efficient supplies of wood to build two extra war machines. Hmm. But if you really want a forest, you could just uh, take one for your... Option. I think I should, should get a river or something, though. Like, how, how did the Dark Elves get there? To have a river to paddle there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good one. That's not gamey either, because you could just game it and say, oh, I want a wizard, wizard tower, so you can have a next to wizard. Or like a temple, I can have a wizard lord. <laughs> yeah. I think a, a river will be good. I think a, a river just gives you extra points as well. Yeah, 25 points extra. Yeah. Which is good. It's uh, it uh, helps out with all of those odd choices if you want to have shields or upgrades on a unit, more or less. Yeah. yeah, I have a wizard tower and a village, and the wizard tower is an extra wizard. That's it. Nice. Otherwise, you can't take more than one character with, uh, other than your... You have your starting character and no more. But that yeah. can be whatever you want. So if you want to take a Lord on a black dragon, just have two <laughs> units of spearmen. You could, if you want to. Yeah, I do have my uh, my lord on black dragon standing in front of me. I'm just saying that wouldn't probably be a good option if anyone else takes uh, like a dragon killer character. Let them try. No, I'm not going to take my black dragon. I, should. I did put him on a base recently, though. A uh, friend oh. of mine. 3D printed uh, a 75 by 75 base. Ooh, nice. So that fits uh, the bottom of uh, the miniature without cutting it, right? Yeah. Nice. How are you going to count that as a 50 by 50? Probably just going to play it as is. If if, uh, someone really objects against it, then I'll just say that, all right, then then just count it as 50 by 50. But uh, I I don't think... People will complain. Well, technically, well, you can get uh, a few more hits or hits in on more models in a close combat if you charge them. But on the other hand, your footprint of your miniature is way, way bigger if you want to hit it with uh, spells, stuff like that. Yeah. Only benefit I would guess get like half an inch extra on the terror test. Yeah. Uh, but I won't be able to fly further in the first turn or anything. But on the other hand, that's quite easy to just uh, discount that uh, little extra when you're measuring the terror test anyway. Yeah. So it's not, it's only a problem if anyone wants to make it a problem, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fine. I mean, you should put the model like on a base that fits the model. 
it's just ridiculous that I, yeah. you, if you try to fit it on a 50 by 50 base and it will like fall over every time you put it down yeah it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't stay upright not that big model and maybe we should mention it's the carmine dragon we're talking about right yeah yes otherwise people might have uh, yeah. <laughs> imagine what? which dragon we're talking about just a black dragon fits on a 50 by 50 base yeah, but the best part is when they were released, those the metal the metal dragons that were sold at the beginning of Sixted, they came with a forty mil base. <laughs> yeah, and not they don't really even fit on a fifty because the the claws are always hanging outside of the base for that. But uh, yeah, they should have released more size of base for large monsters like that. Yeah, it's been weird that they stuck to those small bases for dragons in general. Yeah, especially since you have uh, the cavalry bases and then you have the base that technically you could put down under a uh, hell cannon from uh, yeah. later on. It would be doable. Hell cannon used to eat units anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, like when hell cannon came out in 6th edition, they didn't even have a base. Uh, not the first one, I think. I think no, no, one, no artillery pieces came with bases at that point. Is it an artillery pistol or a hungry, hungry demon? Yeah. It's an interesting one for sure. <laughs> yeah, I've yet to play with mine. Uh, a guy borrowed it at the 6th edition tournament. And we did some crazy mm. things, but uh, I haven't used it yet myself. Uh, but the rules in 6th edition are just awesome. <laughs> well, the the rules for 6th edition for the Hell Cannon is an essay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a... The only one that comes even close is the uh, Goblin Hewer. I have to read through whatever all of that that does. Yeah. And the Hell Cannon rules are like three times as long. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm thinking of uh, doing... Because I know that last episode uh, I mentioned the Lamia, uh, the Neferata conversion and the start of a new army. That will probably go into a separate project because I'm Probably for our little campaign doing a blood dragon force. Yeah, just because those sweet riders. Yeah, I got those the blood riders, uh, or blood knights, I think they're called, from uh, Age of Sigmar. They're quite a bit of a... Well, they're quite chunky, those models, so they will have to uh, be adapted a bit. But uh, you had to do that same thing with uh, the cloaks or the... Horse cover coverings uh, for the Chaos Knights, right? Yeah, so to trim the yeah. trim the flaps. They're just uh, yeah, a bit too uh, uh, called um, expressive. Is that the word I'm looking for? Dynamic. They're yeah, too they're, dynamic. Yeah, too dynamic because they are they are uh, when put on a uh, proper cavalry base, uh, like the twenty five by fifty base, they are. Almost uh, thirty-two wide uh, on the widest point, and that's a bit of a problem. If you want to rank them up, yeah, are they uh, are they possible or like mono posts? They are like most Age of Sigmar models. You can post them a bit. Some of them have uh, alternate we- weapons. There are different heads, but uh, that's uh, about it. Yeah, the Chaos Knights were. Pretty much monopose. Um, yeah. I did change some weapons on those. Just took the like the original Chaos Warrior weapons and 
Yeah. For the uh, these ones, uh, these are of the same type as the Luminate. I'm not sure of the KSR, but you pretty much have to uh, insert uh, the torso into the horse body <laughs> when you're assembling them. Yeah. So there are no separate horses. Uh, his left shoulder is connected to his right toe. Yeah, there's that's the usual problem. <laughs> but that was like uh, the way the the Chaos Lord on the Lizard was made. Yeah. It was like crazy. Like the the how the different pieces were connected. It's really clever though, because like all the the uh, the lines like where you connect the different pieces are hidden like through the where the cracks in the armor would have been anyway or like through their yeah. armpit and places where you won't see them. Yeah, I've built quite a few both uh, of the Stormcast and the Oryx from the Dominion box. Gorgeous models, all of them, especially the Oryx. And they are all like that. Uh, pretty much, yeah, you put it on this part of the torso uh, or of the chest and it also has a piece of the leg and a foot on it. And there's yeah. connections that goes inside a model, so to speak. Yeah, you can't uh, cannot be impressed by uh, the way Games Workshop makes their miniatures. And uh, I was thinking about that, like when I was building those Chaos guys, uh, like they're gonna keep ahead of the whole three D print industry because I mean the value you get from those models, how good they look, still gonna be worth getting them. They're still gonna look better than anything you can print yourself, probably. Well, at least on a cheap printer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, even really high-end printers uh, still have some stuff left you need to file away, I guess. Yeah, I'm thinking there will come a point, and I'm not sure how soon it will be, when uh, there won't really be any distinguishing between a printed and a assembled model. And I think a lot of models that are printed are gorgeous as it is. But uh, I don't really have a printer, and I'm don't really know people with good printers or so yeah, yeah I saw some really good uh, Kessel models uh, that someone made or saw the, 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 ones? the 3D models of them at least uh, no not on that uh, I linked to you guys earlier this month I think they basically had like all the, the units from Kessel that's in the lore uh, the Strelsi and uh, the eye switches and stuff Ooh. um should be great, but like you never know as well because you see the 3D models, but you don't see them printed, so they could end up looking just like they do in the pictures or totally different. Just never know. I'm just having a bit of a image in my head when it just says that they won't print the model because you're out of cyan. Out of what? Cyan. cyan. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a bit of printer humor for anyone if they want. Wondering what that was people attempt to do yeah but i'm thinking a 3d printer would be great for terrain pieces and upgrade pieces for me yeah yeah it would be nice to go on at some point in the future yeah it's just the having the money to buy a printer and having the place to put a printer that's not inside a room where you sit all the time yeah i must admit i might have been been being, what is wrong with my words? I'm tr- um, I might be building a an army list at the moment. Mm, the vampire one. Yep, because uh, 
I realize that I, how many knights I need because I have to put them in a lance formation because, of course, they're from Museo. <laughs> Only because then it's allowed, that allows you to take them in a lance formation, and that looks cool. Side Are there the, any other uh, blood dragons except for the ones in Museo? Yeah, it's uh, in the keep in uh, the mountains in the Empire. The, one, mm-hmm. uh, the Templar keep they have there. Because they have an entire order of uh, undead knights, uh, of uh, vampire knights that lives in the Empire. And uh, they try to kill them all. And uh, then they had some more vampire knights. So. <laughs> oh, you uh, are, might be good at this fighting. You are worthy of joining our ranks. I think there's any. Uh... Uh, do you think there are any blood dragon knights in uh, Cathay? That'd be cool. Well, they are pretty much a martial order. They, uh, if they find someone worthy of uh, joining, why shouldn't there be? Because yeah. the guy, like the original blood dragon guy, like he was just riding around a lot, right? He wasn't really bound to a certain area. Well, he started off with being uh, the commander of the armies of uh, Lamia. And defending the city when it was uh, attacked by the other uh, Tomb King's cities. But yeah, he's be- he was a, like a knight that was just riding around, uh, challenging people, setting up uh, small secluded orders of knights in the mountains, stuff like that. Cool. Racing, drinking the blood of a dragon, racing a dragon, stuff like that. Maybe not last point, I'm not sure, but it would be cool. And I want to make a zombie knight, a zombie dragon, so probably. Yeah, dragons are cool. Yeah, it's like the, one of the main reasons I even started Dark Elves, they can have dragons. Speaking of dragons, I saw someone that's made a, uh, I call like a zombie dragon out of the new Archaean dragon. The three-headed one? Yeah. Hmm. So it has replaced it with, uh, I think, two of the zombie dragon heads and a uh, head from the uh, Mortar kit from the Dread Abyssal that's in that one. Cool. Yeah. And it's as usual when you see these things, you can't remember exactly where you saw it. So it's somewhere on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or possibly all three of them. That's all I can give you. It's just a wild dream. Yeah. Now you must build it. No, I don't want to buy an Archeon. It's too expensive. Especially just for a conversion for fun that I will never paint. Oh, I'm sitting all day painting these guys. It's taking way longer nice. than I thought. Well, they're quite detailed. Yeah. So I'm painting, uh, let's see, like 25 guys now in one go. And uh, first of all, there was a lot of brown to paint. Like their hats and uh, rifles and pouches and boots it's like half of the model is brown and i thought it would be easy because you don't have to be that careful painting brown but it took like three hours sanity yeah that's usually the ones that takes the longest to paint and you sit down and think oh uh, this uh, shouldn't be too hard and then 900 shades of brown later yeah yeah once i painted the the gold now i'm just gonna slather them in uh and wash and brown wash, uh, make them dirty. I don't know what's worse, painting the block colors or doing the highlights later. Yeah, that depends on uh, how 
if you spill your wash or not, I think. At least the like the highlighting you can like they they look good afterwards. When yeah. you paint the block color, it just look sloppy. Yeah, I think the worst enemy of uh, of uh, our painting is our ourselves. When you just uh, get to that point and uh, you just realize there's so much more to do, but they're pretty much done. Yeah, yeah, fucking hell. When you painted all the block colors, just uh, like they they look painted, they look terrible, but they look painted, and then you just have like as much to go after that. Yeah. Yeah, that's how this. That was uh, how I felt with the uh, endless spell I painted. It's uh, yeah, I just uh, get to the point where I realize I need to highlight these skulls. And uh, since I've since I've done an effect uh, uh, on the yeah, because I did them uh, to be a uh, aged uh, copper bronze color, so I just had to. I need to highlight these, then I need to shade them, then I need to highlight them, then I need to add some uh, turquoise so I can get uh, like a verdigris effect. Verdigris effect. And then I have to highlight them again, and then I have to blend the effect so it doesn't, doesn't get too sharp. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's interesting sometimes. Yeah. Painting is uh, always a mix of uh, the chore and pleasure. Uh, I oh. mean, I do, I do like painting, but some paints are just like wish I had the the remote control from Click. Yeah, but then you just uh, end up realizing your entire life has passed you by and you have never played a game because you want to just uh, fast forward <laughs> through the paint a bit. Yeah, <laughs> fast forward to the next army. Yeah, losing four years in the in one go. Yeah, but that's uh, what I'm doing. I'm doing Blood Dragons, which is interesting. Well, it's interesting for me at least. I'm also magnetizing bases, but that's less interesting. For the blood rings as well? Everything needs magnetized bases. But what are you I, putting them in? Huh? Is are that... you just uh, for a movement trace, or are you putting them in a an arm, magnetized armor case? I'm, uh, well, I got a, mag- got a magnetized armor case. I got one of the A cases, I think it's called. Uh, but uh, I'm uh, magnetizing. I make a magnetic movement trace, and every miniature gets a magnet in the base, so it can fit on movement trace. Which is a great deal with me having taken sorted my driver's license is that I can actually use the signs that you put on your car uh, for when you're practice <laughs> driving, and just using those as uh, the basis of movement trace. Um, yeah, but I'm making magnetic movement trace, I'm making magnetic ma- magnetic bases, and they would probably have a magnet either may possibly under the side on the on the side of the movement tray, or I'm just uh, using uh, uh, the, mag- the ma- magnetic sheets or the metal sheets for my uh, traveling um, for my army case to store the miniatures and then uh, take them out, put them on the movement trays on the table. Yeah, sometimes I feel like uh, just getting models to rank up is an entire entire hobby of itself. <laughs> yeah, is to have to sort it out. Yeah, but uh, making your own trays are quite nice when you have special requirements for them. Otherwise, I would love to have been able to just buy them. Yeah, I don't need to. I I think I have to get some more for my uh, my dark house actually. Custom movement trays. I've been using like the my dwarf ones right now. 
puts on the limb are not optimal. Like the, the cavalry, I'm putting on like the big movement traits, eight of them, but that like they, they overhang on the back edge. They don't really fit. They kind of fit, but they don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, but uh, also, or, or do you base your movement trace? Like the edges? So the the ones that I use for my dwarves, they're the regular against special ones. I have not based those ones. I just uh, painted them. Like I spray painted them black and then airbrushed them like a, a flat earth color. So they used to look brown. So they mix up in with most armies. But the the ones I have for my chrysalis uh, are like based the the corners and the edges. Fair enough. Uh, mine will be just uh, flat black because then uh, they, I I see them as an extension of the base edge, and all my base edges are flat black. So that's yeah my reasoning behind it. Yeah, I think uh, it's fine as long as you don't have like too big of a of an edge on the yeah. Yeah, I've seen some that's uh, for that's uh, the MDF ones that have like half a centimeter or more. Yeah. yeah, like a base edge, and that's a bit too much for me, at least. Yeah, the thing I like with the the prototype with my my dwarf movement trace is uh, like that flat earth. It's just so uh, like it blends in with everything. So it's also good, like when you remove models from the movement tray, you just have like that flat earth underneath so it doesn't look weird like when you have like a whole movement tray that's like a different color from the the tabletop yeah fair enough yeah both black and uh, straight gray ones have that same problem when they just uh, look a bit off when you remove models that's for sure yeah but since mine have magnets in a magnet sheet inside them it will uh, Look odd anyway because I won't paint the magnet sheet. It's just yeah, uh, yeah. Same with my because of uh, movement trace because they have the magnet sheets as well. Yeah. Also, I was uh, just picked one of the skeletons up and looked at it, and the leg fell off. <laughs> so that's fun. <laughs> Called the necromancer. <laughs> yeah, I should just uh, stop uh, using those legs and just uh, balance it on the this cloth bit instead just having it yeah this one has already lost his leg <laughs> maybe replace because uh, I need to make a raised skeleton unit as well or just raised skeletons that uh, have uh, just uh, swords instead and maybe one of them leg. put a leg on a base I was thinking uh, putting a le- leg instead of a sword <laughs> possibly either he's using his own leg to fight or he's using someone else's leg to fight which is even worse <laughs> Or the other ones. <laughs> yeah, I I mentioned that these these are a bit brittle and uh, fall apart when you look at them, but they're great models. They look uh, uh, they have um, an unearthly uh, jarring movement. They uh, have really nicely designed armor it, that looks ancient, and which is perfect if you're using them for fantasy as well. Because this is well, obviously I am, but uh, they look like they're not just like emperor empire skeletons raised or just like the old skeletons that were just bare skeletons with uh, a weapon yeah yeah i really like their their helmets yeah and they they look like they were raised from some ancient battlefield yeah remind me a bit of like the from lord of the rings the warriors of dale or something 
yeah, the uh, the surprise I got the ghost army now, kind of deal. Oh wait, mm. Dale, uh, no. you, you mean in uh, the Hobbit? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the ghost army, which also have that bit a, a bit of a more ancienty look kind of armor yeah. on them. And it's nice to not just have uh, uh, like regular skeletons or regular skeleton on horses with the spear. <laughs> that just uh, is the regular look for it. Yeah, yeah, it looks really cool. I also have 40 zombies that I need to build sometime. Oh, nice. So new ones as well? The the root zombies? Yeah. But they can be derooted, so to speak. But uh, that depends on... Uh, I'm not sure. It depends on uh, what kind of uh, a bit of a headcanon I make up for my army in the end. Because it could look, just look like the necromancer was passing by and found... Uh, um, Regu- uh, regularly used uh, cemetery in a village somewhere and just raised the entire cemetery. I think whatever you do will look cool, Chris. Hopefully. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. I could just uh, paint them uh, whites and blues and put some uh, snow on them so they literally look cool. Yeah, a friend of mine actually made like a an ice-themed undead army. It looked really cool. Yeah, I bet. And it's also, in at least in the warmer sense, a, a step, uh, a step uh, away from uh, the dark for dark German, Germanic forests or deserts that are usually the undead themes of the old world. Yeah. Do, 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 do. So this entire time we've been talking, I've been painting this brass. Now I'm like a third of the way through. Finish cool. today. Gonna finish today. Not gonna finish tomorrow. Maybe by the end of this week. Yeah. We I usually paint pretty fast, but holy shit, this is taking some time. Yeah, but that's uh, how it is sometimes. You just get uh, stuck in a project and you just can't really decide on when to stop. Yeah, but I should be grateful. Wasserians are great models, and it is a privilege to paint them. Yeah, that's how it should be. I'm uh, thinking of uh, that I need to finish uh, basing my... Black Knights today, so we can prime them hopefully tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, If if the weather approves, so to speak. (laughs) It's uh, still winter here, and uh, today we've had uh, temperatures slightly above and slightly below uh, freezing, alternating all of the day. So it's been interesting, uh, because I went uh, (laughs) I actually went out driving earlier to get uh, our dog somewhere else to the in-laws and uh, it was uh, yeah it, there wasn't that much traction on the road so to speak yeah, yeah it's been uh, snowing and then melting and snowing and melting for the last yeah. like, weeks terrible when you're sitting in a sitting in a car and that weighs a bit over two tons and just uh, it just decides to go a bit sideways when you can know that you can't do anything because if you overcompensate you end up in a ditch yeah, times, good times. Yeah, but uh, you've been painting. I've been hobbing a bit, mostly ruining things. It seems, but the legs attached again. So let's hope it stays like that. And uh, we've been chatting a bit about the hobby tonight in general. It seems, and I do hope people have been have been uh, enjoying it so far. 
And uh, I'm yeah. thinking we're actually going to call this an episode. All right. We're going to call it there. Yeah, I think that uh, should be a good one. And I hope everyone has been enjoying it. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. See you.